When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Today is Cup Day, and he's a big part of the industry, and he knows what it takes to win the Melbourne Cup, ethereal winning the 2001 Cup, and also doing the Holy Grail, ethereal winning the Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup. So awesome, awesome. We've got a good show ahead of us. Keep those messages coming through. But right now, Bears, I'm going to get back to you. And we've got a special guest waiting for us. We do, mate. And how lucky are we on Melbourne Cup Day to have one of the true characters of racing in New Zealand. How he gets his deserved moment in history today. Billy Pomari will watch as his lad, Ocean Billy. Go on, Ocean Billy. Takes on the great race and the world's best stayers in the Melbourne Cup. And for New Zealand, it'll be impossible for all of us not to scream him home. It's truly a Kiwi story with a truly Kiwi bloke. Bill, well, he's seen a lot in his life, and today that'll include his real-life Melbourne Cup chance. He's on the line with us yeah. now. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, team. Mate, team, you must team, be you fizzing. Yeah. Oh, mate, it's, um, yeah, hasn't hit home just yet, but when I see those colours walk around that birdcage... Uh, I guess it's the time. <laughs> it's the big Mate, match today, you know. <laughs> it is the big match. And <laughs> and it's quite an amazing story. Well, your life story is phenomenal. But, I mean, we've obviously we've seen and heard a lot of, of your life story over the last little while. I just want to focus a little bit on on the, the horse side of things and Ocean Billy and, and your um, out-and-out loyalty to the family that is that has produced a lot of your all of your racehorses and and you go back through ocean billy's um dams and and you've just been heavily invested and completely loyal right through that family haven't you well i definitely have and uh, i've hung on to horses i shouldn't have uh but, <laughs> but we've kept them and and all the old ones when they pass they're all buried up on a hill it overlooks the lake um so we take good care i've got old flying chief home at the moment and he's 28 years old um, and he's getting around fine. So, yeah, they are part of our family, and we take very good care of them. I love that, Bill. I love that, Bill. You've got a real good connection. I know how fond you are of Ocean Billy. We had you on the show a while back for the Tarzino. I think Ocean Billy was racing on the Tarzino. You spoke about 
Ocean Billy and and what a bit of a kind of a you spoke about his um, personality being a bit of a cocky kind of a horse just you know prances around with his head up you now look at me look at me how's the horse been pre- how's the preparations been for Ocean Billy heading into this Melbourne Cup mate um, I couldn't be happier actually I I had my concerns um, because I, I've kept in contact with Kristen and he was a bit concerned that he wasn't eating very well at all at the beginning uh, so he went into that Caulfield Cup. Um, you know, with four days of not eating very much at all. And he was thrown in the deep end, really, because I sent him over there only after racing him in a mile here, which Mm. probably wasn't ideal. But I thought that if I can get his sprinting good, if a horse can really sprint at the end of the race, uh, it gives him a big chance. So I got that all right. He went over there and didn't eat that well. And he, he took a little while to adjust. But then, just of late, Chris sent me a photo of the horse, and I thought he looked absolutely magnificent. Uh, he looks like he's happy now. Uh, he looked very happy. Yeah. And Chris tells me the people that are handling him just love him to pieces because of his nature. He's that lover. He loves people more than than other horses. And and, and I think um, he's a very relaxed, very relaxed um, horse. So uh, I would say he's in the right frame. Apparently, he's bloods that come back very good so uh yeah he could go a real big one today yeah i love that i love that mate the perfect race the perfect race for ocean billy where will be the ideal situation coming into the flemington home straight the last furlong we know it's a long straight where would you ideally want ocean billy to be about um he I'd like to see him probably in midfield, but the thing is, if he is, he's going to have to be sitting a little bit wide because he, he needs room around him. He needs to get out and get his big stride going. Um, but he's also a horse that can run from the back of the field. Uh, he's got a got a great turn of speed because he, he'll just go to sleep. If he's put into the right spot, he goes to sleep. He's a very relaxed horse. And when you ask him to uh, accelerate, he has that turn of speed. And the thing was, the jockey felt that he didn't do that in the Caulfield Cup. And as I explained to him, I said, the Caulfield Cup was a very weak track, a tight track. It was very hard for a big strider like him to accelerate. But with a firm track at Melbourne today and plenty of room, mm. uh, I think we'll see that acceleration that he's got. Hopefully, he, he, makes his, he doesn't sit too long and makes his move because the races that he's won, including over the two miles here, um, he's accelerated very early in the piece. I mean, saying so the Waikato Cup, he took off with 1,100 metres to go, left the field and just mm-hmm. lead him all the way to the line. So once he gets in front, he's a hard horse to pass. Mm, oh, you can always just envisage, can't you? Ocean Billy incentivised Spanish mission, maybe very elegant, just like an out-and-out war oh, over the final furlong and a half. Oh, it's starting to get pretty fizzed up here, Billy. But anyway... Um, Right, where are you going to be watching it then, mate? Like, the horse is ready, but are you oh, ready? Yeah, we've, we've got a Melbourne Cup day out on the farm and everyone's getting dressed up and they're fascinated. And it to be just like being at the Melbourne Cup. We've got a whole <laughs> lot of nice people coming. And, uh, oh, no, we've, we've got to sort it. And the, the mates get the hangi all, all jacked up and uh, um, plenty of food, plenty of drinks and plenty of excitement here. Uh, we've got a big group, nice group, um, all coming out the farm and it looks like it's going to be a... Uh, a great day today, and and you're talking of uh, watching a good finish. I want to see the chosen one and Ocean Billy out in front, mm. fighting for that line, doing a yeah, Waverley nice. Star Bone Crusher. You know that 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 would get the blood boiling, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> get the that would be special. 
Oh, how good would that be, mate? 100% Bill. Hey, Bill, talk us through your outfit, mate. I know you got the red bands down below. What kind of outfit are you oh, running no, for the no, Melbourne no. Cup today, you know? No, no, today a nice nice dark blue suit. Um, I like shirt, probably watch, and I've got this beautiful yellow tie with blue horseshoes on it. And then my trusty hat, the one I always wear, my lucky hat, I'll have that on today. Um, and I've got yeah. two sons that are going to represent me at Melbourne today. So they got tickets for 10 people. So they're taking eight mates with them. And they're all wearing floppy hats like I wear when I go to the places <laughs> in these suits. So that'll be interesting to see. Should he be in that and, and should he actually win, uh, you'll probably see something pretty funny with those boys because they're, they're quite comic. <laughs> and they'll be all dressed up for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> you be careful you don't get a stone bruise if you've got a change of footwear on there as well, Bill. Oh, look, I, yeah, no, no. I might wear my gumboots with my suit today, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wear most of the time, so I'll just polish them. Oh. Mate, mate, just just talk to us a little bit. I mean, I'm a, the Melbourne Cup dream, like, did you ever, in your wildest imagination, think that it would be possible? You'd be living the life that you're living today. <laughs> with Ocean Billy about to get started and the, the race that stops two nations? Oh, look, I, I just couldn't. I dreamed, you know, like I, I, I've i had contacts throughout my life with some great people in racing, you know, some old jockeys. There's, my first wife's family were heavily involved in racing with their um, uncle being a jockey and a uh, stipes uh, afterwards and staying in the racing game. Um, I got keen on... on on betting when uh, my first brother-in-law was a reporter for the Chronicle in the Dominion and he was a racing reporter. So um, he used to give me tips. They were never ever good tips, but we used to bet <laughs> quite a bit. So I started getting involved then. And then, of course, after I bought my first horse, which I then bred from, I think a lot of people said, well, why are you breeding from this family? But I'd done a bit of a study on the family and I liked it. And that's why I continued. And my family couldn't believe I was holding all these mares. I had about five or six mares on the place, and I couldn't afford to get them in foal because, as much as you say, oh, yeah, you get them in foal, it's all the cost afterwards of raising mm. that foal. And, and there's a lot of cost involved in it. So I had them sitting there. And then, of course, a good friend of mine that uh, I was very involved with in the early breeding of this family. Um, went to manage a, a stud with Serenity and I offered my breedness to him and he took them all and started breeding. So he kept them ticking over and the foal started spelling and then they got a couple of reasonable prices for them and they you know, they, they were getting popular. So um, I still wasn't in a financial position to get right involved with breeding and I still had a lot of horses on the place that I had to uh, train and try to see if they're going to make it. And some of them were going pretty good, you know, like Rich Billy Marsh and uh, horses like that, that that caught the eye and they were real speed merchants and uh, called me Evie and, and, and uh, you know, um, Don and Billy. So they started, um, you know, winning stakes and, and money and uh, so I started getting bit again. I thought, oh, shall I start breeding again? But I thought at my age, you know, I, I may not get the season race. Um, and then um, Gary Hennessy has taken some now, some of my mares, and I've actually got a couple of poles coming this year. I've got a full brother to Ocean Billy that was, um, it's over at Waikato Stud now, um, and she's back in pole to Ocean Park. So 
suddenly out of the blue, uh, I'm breeding, and, and then to have a horse make to a Melbourne Cup a, a dream that I never thought would ever arrive is here, and, 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 and I, I'm still actually a little bit dazed because it hasn't really <laughs> sunk in. You know? The enormity of, of being in there, people keep telling me how lucky I am in there, how wonderful, and, and it's just like I'm, I'm racing in an open handicap at Auckland, but uh, that's obviously, obviously going to change very quickly. Yeah, I reckon you can, oh, the old man. palms will get a bit sweaty and the, the heart will skip a little beat at some stage later on this afternoon, roughly around 3pm Melbourne time, I'm guessing. But, mate, the, um, talk to us a little bit then. You, you mentioned Gary Hennessy, and obviously he he had um, the the wonderful racehorse, now Stallion, who's doing excellent things out at um, Waikato Stud Ocean Park. That's the dam of Billy Ocean, uh, Ocean Billy. And the, the dam is obviously, oh, sorry, that's the sire of Ocean Billion and the dam being Cool Storm. So why Ocean Park? Was it just that relationship or, or there was something about Ocean Park that you just you just felt would work? No, well no, um, no. How I came in the first place to um, go to Ocean Park was that um, I couldn't afford to go to Ocean Park. He was standing at $30,000. I didn't have $30. So um, I, I put it out there that I had this mare and maybe... Um, I could sell her because she was she was very well performed. She won the Newmarket Handicap on Boxing Day and she was placed um, as a two-year-old, stakes placed a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And she had a lot of ability. And when her racing career was over, I thought oh, I might you know, get some decent money for her. So um, um, Justin Slater, who is from the uh, Breeders' Association, uh, and quite involved in, in, in breeding, and, and her brother is, is also. Um, and she suggested that she had someone that could be interested if they would look at buying them and offered me uh, an amount. And I said, oh, no, if I can get 60000 I'd be happier, and uh, and I'd sell it. But um, she wasn't prepared to go to that and suggested that perhaps uh, if she put the service fee of Ocean Park up, that her and I could breed. Uh, something from her, and, and I quickly agreed to that because I'd love to go to Ocean Park, but I couldn't afford it. And that's how it came about. But then when it came to sale time, nobody wanted any Ocean Park. So uh, we were sort of left to it in way and couldn't get much money for it at all. So I ended up buying uh, the value that we were offered, which wasn't very much, uh, buying her half share of it. And, and that's how I came really to have them on my own. And uh, uh, rest was history. Things happen for a reason. They can't get near the ocean ah, parks beautiful. now. He's absolutely flying. And that's yeah, great well, to hear you've got a full sibling as well to Ocean yeah, Billy. It, what? It, wasn't, wasn't just, uh, um, uh, cool storm and breeding Ocean Billy, but also cool storm stories and interesting one too, because Sir Patrick Hogan and I went, uh, this, this is me after a few regulars deciding I'll ring Sir Patrick up to see if he wants to go. I went to breeding here with me. Well, took, took him by surprise. Took him a little while to answer, to answer that, and then he said, "Why not? Yeah, we will." And so, so Patrick and Sir Patrick and I breed um, Cool Storm from Ocean Billy's mother. And again, went to the sales. Nobody wanted one. Cool cats couldn't get him away. He, said, he just said to me, "Bill, take that Billy home." And just give me what you feel my half's worth. Well, you know, me being a bit tight, I, I didn't give him very much for his half. I ended up with Cold Storm for next to nothing, you know. So so the story of Cold Storm, how I got her and how I got Ace and Billy is very interesting. Oh. They're both bargains, you know. Oh, 
for the <laughs> he doesn't need it, bro. Well, we know you're going to be well sought after today, and we really, really appreciate you joining us as well, Bill, for for what is a really special day for you and, and all the New Zealanders and behind yeah, you, mate. And big thanks from, from both um, here us, us here on, on Baz and Izzy for breakfast for, for joining us on on. Go well, well, Bill. Thank you. Day. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to all those racing people that have been sending me messages. My, my phone has just been so busy the last few days. But a big thanks here to all them because I really appreciate um, that people uh, r- really enjoy watching the big chestnut race. And, and thank you guys too. <laughs> Uh, you're a legend. No All worries, the best, mate. No. All the best. We'll be shouting for you. How good's that? True Kiwi story. What an absolute champion. Go on, Ocean Billy. In from 126 to 1 to 51 on the tote. So maybe it's got a little bit of New Zealand's money on it as well. The chosen one. The very New Zealand chosen one. A Savvy tire who loomed up to win the Melbourne Cup for co-trainers Andrew Forsman and Murray Baker for before just being outstayed. The last little bit. Why can't he do it again, though? We know, we all know he'll get the trip. We know the dry track is perfect. He's got the grouse jockey Damien Lane on his back, and he's got that Kiwi scrap in him. So how about it? So what do you reckon, Andrew Forsman? Good morning, mate. Good morning. How are you? I'm bloody well, mate. How are you? It's cup day today. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm, well, it's just been a bit busy at work. We're just finishing up for the morning, got all the horses worked, and just listening to the replay does put that bit of a shiver up your spine for sure. It's um, Yeah, it'll be a, a good buzz, and I'm, I'm sure from the draw at least he's going to get a soft run and hopefully give us a similar sort of side again this year. Now, what's it like? You've, you've, you've been in this situation before. Does it get old? Does it get old and you get used to it, or is it every cup day just the nerves start flowing and you just can't beat that feeling when you know you've got a runner in the cup day. Yeah, it's pretty special. Um, it's not easy to get them in there for a start. You've you've got to have won a good race or qualified somehow. So, yeah, just to, to be able to have a horse in the race and line up and take your spot, that's a, a big achievement in itself. And I'm you know, just hope, hopeful that the horse can run well and do us proud again. Andrew, Baz here, mate. Where, um, where are you going to be watching the great race from, mate? Well... I'm at Tarapa, unfortunately, or fortunately. I don't know if it's good or bad, but, I mean, we're in level three anyway. We're, we're in level three, Baz. I can't go to the pub or hang out with my mates anyway, so I think I'll probably no, just sneak off in my Might car. Well <laughs> sneak out in my car and watch it on my phone or something like that. Oh, just we, I guess from, from your point of view, it would just be amazing to be there on track and and lapping it all up, you've obviously, I mean, you guys have, have trained some amazing horses and you've, you've owned in some amazing horses as well, but what is it about Melbourne Cup, the Melbourne Cup, that just just grabs all of us and, and particularly you guys as trainers? Yeah, it's um, just a very special race. I, I remember being there, I can't remember what year it was now, it might have been 2009, I think, when Nom de Jour, I was there looking after him. And just the... The lead-up, the whole Melbourne Cup week, the parades, the, the buzz around the town just building up to the race was massive, and it's a shame that you know people won't be really experiencing that this year because that's the whole thing. You know, it's just the buzz and the hype and the build-up toward the race. It was, a, it was just a special thing to be a part of, and you walk through that tunnel, and you're just a hundred thousand people on the course. It's um, nothing like it, nothing I've ever experienced like it anyway, and I'm sure it's sort of like walking out on the MCG in a World Cup final bass. Well, hopefully it goes a bit better. <laughs> hopefully it goes a bit better than that, mate. 
That's a bit on the nose, I'm Andrew. Sure. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good crack. Oh, nice. <laughs> so what are we expecting? How are we, how are we expecting the chosen one to go? He's obviously at reasonable wide. Aggressive. Aggressive well. like our skip bears. It's going to be aggressive. <laughs> Who cares? Go down swinging. <laughs> <laughs> can we put a little dollar each way on him? Yeah, I reckon you can. I, I don't see why why he, he couldn't run. Again, he's a top four or five chance, realistically, on, on his mm. best. You know, I think... One thing when you look through that race last year, he, he did have all favours, he loomed up to win, and he just, whether he wasn't quite good enough or he didn't quite run the trip out, you know, he's thereabouts. Um, it's just whether he's as good as some of those, the better ones up the top. You know, there might be two or three that are a bit too good for him on the day, but, you know, if things play out for him and they don't for the others, he won't, he won't be far away. But what is his strengths? What is the chosen one's strengths? And what are we... What are we... What are we looking for throughout the race where we know, okay, the chosen one's got a real good chance here to steam home? Um, I think with the, the good draw means he won't get too far, or shouldn't have to get too far off him. So hopefully he's midfield. I mean, he's, mm. he's just such a, a genuine horse when things are under suit. He didn't get things in his favour. He's a colt. And when things don't quite go right for him, he can throw in a bad run. He did last start in the Caulfield Cup. Um, I'm pretty sure things will work out perfectly for him today. And if they do, just look for him to obviously hopefully get a good run through them. Um, always in a Melbourne Cup, half of them are out of gas at the three or 400. Um, a lot of them have just come to the end of their run. The field opens up and the ones that really do run the trip out come to the top. And, and hopefully he's one of them just sort of coming out of the pack and charging home late. Yeah, that was actually a question I was going to ask you as well, Andrew. Obviously the field is maybe... The bottom half of the field is not as strong as what we're normally used to seeing with the, the lack of maybe imports which are coming in. And there is probably a lot of those horses which could potentially get in the way. So part of the tactics, you are looking to be quite forward, I guess, and, and you're sort of hoping a couple of those real smart ones are, are probably held up. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And I guess but those Europeans, they're just such superior stayers. They're trained differently, bred differently. Um, they do have the advantage on us. They're well prepared. Um, they've had a good grounding to set them up for a race like this, where our horses sort of come through age group racing and those sort of paths, and it's a little bit different. Um, so we are at a disadvantage. Um, we just have to hope that maybe that you know that they feel the firmness of the track and just little things like that that might play into our hands and not theirs. Yeah, absolutely. And being... The other thing I, was, I wanted to focus on, he's obviously by the great New Zealand size, Saverbill, and out of the dam, the glitzy one. He's a six-year-old now, still still a stallion, so his temperament must be superb. Uh, is, he, is he a stallion prospect? I know he's won 1.9 million. He's been a tremendous horse for you guys over over the years. Uh, is, he a, is he a potential stallion, or is he sort of just maybe a little bit far, a little bit, little bit older for that, or, or is there still a chance? Yeah, I mean, there's probably... It's just how commercially he become, has become. That's just the problem. He hasn't won a Group 1 race of all the good races he's run. Um, yeah, it's a little bit about being commercial, I suppose, this day and age. People want to send horses to speed horses or, you know, they don't want to breed to a, a stayer, you know, even though he's a classy horse and he has got good ability. It's just the way the market's geared, unfortunately. And for a horse like him, Oh, hopefully when he does find a place at stud and you know people can could probably breed genuine staying types but just the way you know the market is it does make it tough for a horse like him to find a place at stud mate we, our mind does amazing things 
some fascinating things in the brain, and surely your mind and and your 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 brain has thought to that moment. That moment, if the chosen one crosses the line in first place, have you pictured <laughs> that moment, and how would that feel for you, bud? Yeah, it'd be pretty amazing. I'm sure it would. Yeah, I don't know how I'd react. I might go missing for a few days, but um, <laughs> no, it'd be. <laughs> Okay, join you. That'd be awesome, boys. Yeah, and that's what you know. It's what every sort of horse trainer would dream about is just to have a runner in there, and you know, to, to have that chance of you know creating history in such a prestigious race. It's it's pretty much the ultimate. Good man. Well, we're going to let you go shortly, but before we do, you better steer us into one at Tarapa, surely. If that's taking your attention today. What are we punting over there? Oh, put me in a tricky spot there. Um, you must have known we were going to ask this question. <laughs> I should have. I should have been a little bit more prepared than that. Um, there's a horse called Current, Current Surge in the Maiden Mile. He's promised a bit before, hasn't really delivered. He'll go around at really good each way odds. Just have a bet on him each way today. If he doesn't fire, we'll be pretty disappointed. He's going well enough. Could surprise, but yeah, I think he's a, he's a good one for odds. He's, he has been disappointing, but worth a crack today, I think. Nice. There you go. There you go. Current surge. Maiden mile. Each way chance today at Tarapa. That is Andrew Forsman. He is the trainer for the chosen one, mate. Congratulations for having a runner in the cup. All the best, mate. We'll be cheering the chosen one at Ocean Billy home for the Kiwi horses. We love it, mate. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day. You too, boys. Thank you. It was 2001. It was the Kiwi bred and Kiwi-owned Ethereal winning the great race, bred and co-owned by Sir Peter and his late brother, Philip. What an awesome memory those, those were. Sir Peter Valor joins us on the line now from just down the hallway, actually. Good morning, Sir Peter. Good morning, Baz. Mate, that must be pretty cool memories. You, you would have heard that replay a thousand times, I'm sure, but must must never get old. You just never tire of it. In fact, I haven't heard it for a little while, and when I heard it just then, it's still uh, it's the hair standing up. <laughs> Mate, talk to us a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna get on to home affairs shortly because what a story that is, and the, the connections along with with J Mac and and all of the owners in in that exciting cult. But let's just just focus a little bit on on Melbourne Cup and and what today. What is tell us someone who's been there who's won the Melbourne Cup the experience of it all. Just how special is it? Well, it is just uh, indescribably exciting to be part of it. And uh, I remember uh, uh, you were speaking earlier of Tony Allen and, and uh, Empire Road, 1988, and the excitement uh, around that when Laurie Laxon managed to train the winner at the mighty Empire Road. And then uh, just a few years later to be... To, to have one that's uh, that's going to the races, uh, well, it's hard to believe, and you just uh, just hope all the time that it might be your year, but you know that it probably won't be. But uh, it's a fantastic feeling. No she question was just, about it. She was just amazing, wasn't she? What she was able to achieve in 2001, 2002, in particular, the, the Caulfield Cup, the mm-hmm. Queensland Oaks, Doom and Roses, and then obviously the Melbourne Cup. You add to the 2002, the BMW Stakes as well. She's the Australian Champion Stayer of the Year in 2002. And she sits, she's at home on the farm, Sue Peter? She is. She's at home. She uh, is enjoying her retirement. Um, 
she's a lovely mare to have around. It's, uh, she still has plenty of visitors, even though it's 20 years since she uh, uh, achieved it. She's a you know fit and healthy mare, and uh, she knows that she's the boss. Beautiful. Well, let's um, let's fast forward. Well, let's go back to to Saturday actually, and the performance of well, an up and coming sprinting sensation and in, in home affairs. The that result, the performance of the I'm Invincible Colt was just so powerful. It made just an incredible statement to to all those out there. Just talk us through a little bit um, the the story of of home affairs and, and how you were able to to be a part of that that uh, the ownership group. Yeah, it was um, it was really Tom Magna who, who his brainchild to put a group together that uh, w- would try and buy horses that could, if they you know won the right races, could be future stallions. And uh, um, I was lucky enough to be included. It's basically the the, the nucleus of the Coolmore uh, operation plus. Um, Plus a, a new a new guy that's um, that's joined them a very very nice man George von Opel and uh, and then Chris Wallop put it together and he included some of his clients and uh, um, and I was pushing them to make sure that they remembered to check the New Zealand catalogue uh, <laughs> when they started and they said yeah well we will but why don't you um, and so it went, and, and I was pleased to be part of it and delighted that it's taken shape how it was intended. It was an $875,000 yearling, and I guess on the back of the the Group 1 success in the weekend in the Coolmore Stud Stakes, his value's north of probably 20, $25 million. so it's been a, a remarkable success story. But money's one thing, but the, the experience is another, and, and I know you would have taken just an immense amount of satisfaction that James McDonald was in the saddle. He was high in the irons when he crossed the the finish line, and and I know that, and he, I've read the comments from him that it means so much for him to be able to achieve success for you, and, and the story between you guys and, and the mentorship that you've had for him is is well documented. But do you want to just explain a little bit to us about about that relationship? Actually, it is a, it's a good story because my first encounter with James was. Uh, when George Simon was, he was doing something with the apprentice school and, and, uh, and they had a young kid at 14 or 15 that had won the, the, the prize for, uh, for most promising apprentice or something like that. And so I went to talk to them and, uh, and, and this, um, young James came up and got the, got the award and, and he said to me, I'm looking forward to riding those blue and white hoops, you know. And I thought, you know, here's a kid that is going to go places. And, uh, and, and so it did. So first opportunities, he, you know, he was champion of friend. He was champion at everything he did. And uh, uh, you wouldn't get a better person and uh, you wouldn't get a better athlete or a more dedicated uh, uh, horse person. Comes from a, his father was a brilliant, uh, is a brilliant horseman. So it's not, not uh, something that just came along. It, it, uh, there in his blood and uh, it was really my pleasure to see that he got the best start that he possibly could so uh, I took him to Ireland one year and he wrote for Jesse Harrington just to get a feel of uh, Northern Hemisphere uh, systems and then uh, the following year uh, 
uh, he was, you know, really popular at Ascot. He's he's gone from uh, looking forward to the blue and white hoops, and he's ridden in the Queen's colours, and uh, and uh, and so it goes. And he's he's really he, he's returned many times over in the thing that's been done for him because he's just been dedicated to be. Uh, to do the best possible job he can, and uh, and he does, and it's just uh, lovely that he's a Kiwi and uh, he's leaving his mark all over the world. Yeah, he obviously went through some tough times as well um, when when he got in a little bit of strife on that victory of Astern. But I remember then that you stood by him and and you you guided him through and, and mentored him through, and I guess it's days like Saturday where where from listening to him talk after. He feels that that's just a small gesture of, of repayment for, for all the work that you've been able to put in and, and the impact that you've had on him. So we all thank you as well for, for the mentorship because we all managed to get a dollar off him on the punts. <laughs> so thank you very much for that, Sir Peter. Let's, um, let's talk a little bit about um, the the Kiwi breeds. Let's talk New Zealand bloodstock and, and the fact that you know we've got so many of the Kiwi breeds in the cup today. Um, what, what's your take on, on some of our starters over there in, in, the, in the big one? Well, you know, you, these sorts of days, and, and we all know how hard it is to pick the winner of a Melbourne Cup. It's, uh, uh, um, it's great day to, to have a syndicate where you put a pin in the page and uh, you pick five or six and take a quaddy and, and that sort of thing. But when you, when you go through it, when I was thinking about what would I like to win, well, then you get to the New Zealand breeds, and gee, they are an influential uh, um, article in the cup. And you know, you look at uh, very elegant J Max. Track's probably not going to be in its favour today, but uh, it's won a Caulfield Cup. You can't discount it. Or it's up and wait a little, and uh, uh, J Mac will, will take a little bit of that weight off it by his sheer genius. Um, chosen one, done a Vicato stud fire. Um, you can't get better than that. And then you, you go down to Ocean Billy, and, and you know, that could be a Vicato stud uh, uh, Quinella. Well, what a day it would be, and what would there be a better winner than, than Ocean Billy? And, and I'd love to see Bill Pomade and his wife Susie and. Uh, and their friend Peter um, Peter Ludgate, I think. Apologies if I've got it wrong. But um, he was a brilliant winner of the Auckland Cup. He's going to love the track today. Uh, it looks like it's going to be good and, and quick, which uh, which will suit him. And uh, and then you go down the page a bit, and you've got Trilly Rose, um, five-year-old mare, 51 kilos, real true blue. Uh, Sir Patrick Hogan, Tavistock out of the Beale Mare. Wouldn't that be a wonderful uh, result? And, and and that is not an impossibility. It's part of a, a, a brilliant win and um, and good form for, for this sort of race. So, oh, it would be lovely if it was uh, if it was in a, a New Zealand trifecta, let's say, Baz, but let's not be greedy and, and uh, just hope one of them can get up. But there are some uh, last year's winner. I think he's going to be difficult because even though he's nine-year-old, his form is good. He's um, he's uh, 
his form's probably a little better than it was last year coming into the race. But then you can't discount the favourite. I mean, it's I can't remember a favourite as short as incentivised. Um, I would say, I think if you're going to back it, I would leave it a little while because I think Melbourne Cup Day, it's going to drift a bit because people are going to be looking for value and the money's going to be not hitting that way. You could, you could see $3 for incentivised before the start. Mm. But, um, but big ask, big ask, 57 kilos. And it's... Uh, I, I smiled to Gay Waterhouse. I was listening to her the other day, and tongue-in-cheek, she said, well, I don't think it can win. She said, I, I, uh, Queensland hasn't had a winner yet. Why would they start now? But uh, I'm sure it was tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but you've got to be cognizant of, uh, of the logic. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great day, a wonderful, wonderful day for, for so many people. It is the race that stops the nation. And uh, now all over the world, we'll, we'll, we'll be watching it as well. The numbers are absolutely colossal. And, uh, and who knows? And I think the best way to, to attack it if, um, is to try and build up your pool early. And, uh, and uh, in race one, we've got the Craig Williams on Renosu. And it just looks a nice way to... Um, to, to build your own pool. So if you're going to spend a couple of hundred dollars today, I'd spend a hundred of it on Craig Williams in the first four dollar shot and uh, and then you're either you're either playing with another five hundred or another four hundred and uh, you can have a wonderful day. Um, Beautiful. That's good. You know, that easy. <laughs> it does look close and simple. Um, yeah. Maribyrnong Plate, of course, is a is a great uh, a great race. Um, Philip and I won it years and years ago with a horse called Lord Mornington, trained by um, Jeff Murphy, who was just a sensational human. And uh, I remember it was one of my first expeditions there, and I was cheering and yelling, and the guy tapped me behind me and said, "We don't do that here." And, uh, <laughs> It, it, it was a good lesson, but it didn't stick with me for long. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So, Peter, we've got uh, Izzy. I know Izzy's busting to try and get in here and just hang me out to dry a little bit. So, so away you go, Iz. In, in you get. Hey, so Peter. Uh, so Peter, nice to morning, chat to you, it? mate. Um, can you just... Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you on the show, so Peter. Um, I want to talk to you about the menus that you've been providing, <laughs> not only Baz, but Flem as well. They're outstanding, and... Uh, you, it's, it's disgusting. I'm sitting there at home salivating over these oysters, <laughs> a pinkaro, red wine, nice pinot noir. What else did you have the other day? A little wagyu pie. What are you? What are you feeding? What are you doing to these lads? This is an IQ. I don't know what people have been complaining about. It's, uh, <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> we're in our sec. We're on the home run now, and it's, I'm, I'm getting apprehensive about having to pack up. <laughs> oh, well, I can just hear those the outstanding meals. I can just about hear the champagne bottle being popped from down the hallway, actually, Sir Peter. So, in <laughs> anticipation of a big, a big afternoon. But look, um, why don't why don't we? Is he? Should we? Should we ask Sir Peter to put just steer us into the Melbourne Cup winner? What do you think? Yep, yep. Steer us in, please, Sir Peter. Who are you, who are you thinking? 
Wow, now that is... Well, I'm going to use pure science here. And <laughs> I am going with Ocean Billy. Drawn 13, oh. a serial draw. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know, he's 50 to 1 or something. Shouldn't be that. You're looking, got to look for something. And it would be the best party if uh, if he could win it. And there would be no more deserving owners. But if, if, if Ocean Billy can't, let's hope it's... Uh, uh, the chosen one for Lee Rose, very elegant, and one of the other New Zealand breads, and uh, and fingers crossed that uh, one of them can get up. Fantastic! It would be a great story. Ocean Billy, Billy Pomati, and all the team. Gee, yeah. we would hear we'd hear them from here, I reckon, Sir Peter, all the way from oh. South Auckland here. But mate, I just wanted to just wanted to say a massive thank you for joining us on. On Baz and Izzy for breakfast, especially on this, yeah, um, thanks, this special Peter. day, which is the first Tuesday of November. So a huge thank you. Everything as well for what you've done for New Zealand racing um, and, and all the people that have, are involved in New Zealand racing, the Jay, James McDonald's and, and everyone which you've been able to uh, to to have such a significant impact on, on the years and also appreciate you for your friendship and, and guidance. Can you stop feeding that leech, Flynn? Please, you start feeding that leech phlegm as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Thanks a lot for having me. I enjoyed it. I enjoy your show, and you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Well done.